Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. The debate over teachers and what they make on the podcast. Oklahoma lawmakers gave teachers uh, this roughly $6,100 raise, but the teachers say it's not enough. I, I, I can understand their frustration. I mean, one of the things people don't understand is that that's causing a lot of people not to come into the teaching profession. Plus, has it really been 40 years since Dallas? They didn't have a whole lot of expectations for the show. They thought it was just going to be a five-episode miniseries. Right. Correct. We're still here, and every network president is gone. I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. Many schools are closing for a second day in Oklahoma as teachers rally for higher pay and more education funding. Thousands of Oklahoma educators walked out of classrooms Monday in the latest evidence of teacher rebellion in some Republican-led states. Teachers also protested Monday in Kentucky to voice dissatisfaction with a pension revision. Yeah, teachers will be uh, back out in force in Oklahoma today. Uh, Reporter Rick Sandell with WBEN's Susan Rose. Union organizers say they don't expect as many teachers out here, uh, but they are shutting down uh, several large school districts, uh, Oklahoma City, Edmonds, and, uh, and Tulsa. Uh, so these teachers can come and march to the steps of the state capitol, pressing lawmakers for more money for education. Now, let me get this right. They were a, a $6,100 raise was approved for these teachers, right, recently? That's right. It was sort of an, a, an emergency measure taken last week by the legislature and the governor. Um, Oklahoma lawmakers gave teachers uh, this roughly $6,100 raise. Uh, depending on experience, and uh, they allocated $50 million for schools. But the teachers say it's not enough. They're looking for, we've heard anywhere from $100 million to $200 million more dollars, not necessarily for salaries, they say. They say the important part is the millions of dollars to fix broken schools. We've heard over the last day uh, all sorts of horror stories uh, about the condition of Oklahoma schools. Many teachers say that chairs are broken and they end up pinching students. Uh, some <laughs> teachers say that school books are old and outdated. They're older than most of the students. And so they say they really need this money to, to update uh, update the facilities, update the textbooks, uh, and, and bring Oklahoma up to standards. How long do they plan to stay out? They tell us, uh, some of them tell us they will be here as long as it takes. We keep hearing that over and over. Um, the problem is, uh, while Oklahoma's uh, Republican governor says she wants to find a way forward on education, she uh, warned in a statement last night that the state budget is already tight, and uh, right now, so far, there's no sign that lawmakers are budging. So it uh, could be a long standoff here. I can relate, because we were in Buffalo. We're not uh, at the highest <laughs> If you compare our salaries. Uh, While the situation is much different here in New York State, Buffalo Teachers Federation President Phil Rumor, an outspoken advocate of teachers, 
has some thoughts. A teacher with a um, a bachelor's degree starts out with uh, thirty six thousand. Uh, with a master's, they start out with forty two thousand. So you know that's not a terrible salary. A lot of people would like to make it, but once again, we're talking about somebody with a master's degree starting out with forty two thousand um, dollars. But I, I, I can understand their frustration. I mean, one of the things people don't understand is that that's causing a lot of people not to come into the teaching profession. Well, what else has changed for teachers? Oh, a lot. One of the things that I think is I can talk about directly here is uh, the disruptive students in the classroom. Um, in Buffalo, for example, we have so many kids. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't know any of my friends that were shot. I didn't. I could go out on the street and play punch ball. Uh, I didn't have to worry about drug dealers. So our kids come to school with problems few people can imagine. But what happens is they start acting out in class. We had a study that shows that only 8.6% of our teachers that we surveyed felt that discipline was dealt with quickly and, and appropriately. But it's not that we want the kids suspended. We need to find out what's causing the problems in the schools. The other thing that's an issue is also this uh, teacher evaluation system, which uses state tests um, as one of the measures uh, and the state test have been found to be invalid. Well, it's not just teachers, though. I mean, you could say the same thing about police today, social service workers, right? Absolutely. You know something? You're absolutely correct, Susan. When a police officer or a uh, firefighter is injured, the politicians are first at the microphone saying what a great job they do, but then when they start negotiating their contracts, the police, the fire, and any of the other people, uh, they're, they're, they have to go through have to, to even get a, a, a leg up on anything. So... Yes, no, it's not just that a lot of people in the public sector are really, um, let's put it this way, they're, they're not being uh, paid for the uh, services they provide. Well, do you think, Phil, that the teachers in these states that we're talking about, Oklahoma, Arizona, Kentucky, are, are they maybe taking advantage of the climate right now, which is hypersensitive to school violence and safety? Do you think maybe they're they're building on the support that they have at this point? They probably are, but what's, what's happening is that uh, the reason that their salaries are so low is that the school districts and the states were building on the climate uh, that was out there that the teachers were willing to just persevere, even though they knew that they had to, like, down there work, you know, two, three, four jobs to do anything. So they were counting on the teachers because, basically, the number one concern of people that get into teaching is, is working with kids, and they care more about their kids than than the salary, but it gets to be that they have to take care of their own kids, too. You know, walkouts can be double-edged swords. You know, they, they need them for making points and, and for strikes and to try to get better contracts, but they also leave parents in a huge bind. You know, many are juggling schedules just so they can work, yet with job action like what's going on today in Oklahoma, they're left scrambling. Yeah, well, what else is their op- what, what are their options? You know, they've been for years trying to get decent salaries, but no one seems to listen, you know, so they, they're really, you know, saying going on strike is an ultimate last resort. You don't do that until everything else, you know, you've tried everything else, and you're looking at your family, uh, you're looking at their families down there who are suffering, uh, who don't get to see them because they have two jobs, three jobs, whatever, and, you know, it's not just that they're striking for, for themselves, but they're striking for uh, increased, you know, funding for their schools, like in Buffalo. We're tremendously underfunded. Everybody says, oh, you get all of this money. But they don't understand is that we have, our kids are in desperate need. I mean, the budget that the state just came out with now is a disgrace. Uh, we need to hire more school counselors, attendance teachers, social workers, psychologists, lower the class size. And there's no money to do that. What about school resource officers? 
Yes, I think school resource offices are a good thing. And I think one of the things that I don't think everybody knows is that we don't have security offices in, I'd say, most of our elementary schools. So we think that the uh, resource office is a great idea. Um, resource offices make friends with the kids, uh, with the students. They uh, open lines of communication with the community. And there's somebody there. Um, there, and I think it's a good idea, but we don't just need them in the high schools. I think we need them in the elementary schools as well. Was there money in the state budget for that? Uh, not to my knowledge. We're just taking a look at the budget now. Uh, I mean, we just saw the initial runs. Uh, hopefully, they'll you know send some more money Buffalo's way because they're... Let me give you an example. One of the things, they raised the charter school tuition for the school district. That's going to cost them an extra $9 million. Well, the district's not going to, the state's not going to pay them back until next year. So that means there's $9 million hole and loaning them $9 million for a year. That's crazy. On to something fun now. It's been 40 years, 40 years since the hit series Dallas made its television debut. Paula Ferris spoke exclusively with Patrick Duffy, Charlene Tilton, Steve Keneally, and Linda Gray about the famous South Fork Ranch and a potential reboot. Get the show Dallas, that theme song, the groundbreaking drama, the sensation when almost 90 million Americans watched one Friday night when the world learned who shot JR. It all premiered 40 years ago. Does it really feel like yesterday? Uh, yes, it feels like 40. I hated my blouse. It felt like a dishcloth. And I said to the wardrobe lady, do we have anything a little bit nicer? And she said, no, nobody's going to see that picture anyway. Just put it on. And they didn't have a whole lot of expectations for the show. They thought it was just going to be a five-episode miniseries. Right. Correct. We're still here, and every network president is gone. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, if you could put your finger on the reason that the show was so successful? It was Charlene. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it was put your finger Charlene. on it, baby. I, mm. I, I put my finger on the reason. It was a... Just the chemistry that we have off camera really came through. You could see it. It wasn't fake. It was real. My wife made fun of me every day because I would leave for work early. She'd say, you're going, you don't have to leave for another 45 minutes. I go, I know, but I just, yeah. and then I wanted to get there and play. I wanted to be with my friends. The show was a trailblazer for network television, tackling taboo topics such as rape and breast cancer. When Barbara Bell Geddes had the mastectomy, it was the first time a mastectomy had been uh, really treated with great respect and honor. And Sue Allen's alcoholism. I'd still get letters and things from uh, people who went to AA because of, uh, they saw their life and how it could become. It, we did it. the episode with the character, one of the first gay episodes. Yeah. And we had to use the word homosexual. We couldn't even say the word gay. It was the three episodes where Lucy was engaged to the young gentleman who had to come out and admit that he was gay. And I got to stand up to JR and cry in Bobby's arms. But they wrote that so beautifully. Larry Hagman was the show's star villain and remains the glue to this group, even now, six years after his death. What was it like to be in a scene with Larry? Heaven. <laughs> One of the best actors ever. Larry used to hate it when I would tell everyone on camera how wonderful he was and how lovely and generous and kind. And he would think, oh, you're supposed to not like me. You can't <laughs> tell him how nice I am. But he was bad boy sometimes. He, was, he, was he would eat onions before a kissing scene. <laughs> you're he, kidding. No, I'm not kidding. No, it was that or peanut butter. Uh, and I had to kind of like well, think, okay, what is it going to be today? I, I, I live where I can see where his house is. We were neighbors. Oh, yeah. So I think of him every day. He was like my best yeah. friend. And I can't think of him without smiling without remembering. Patrick Duffy left the show in 1985, but he returned a year later, 
setting yet another precedent for TV plot twists. The fact that it was all a dream that you weren't really dead, that was controversial back then. Cost audience. It cost about a 10% hit. A lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, they felt cheated, but we got five more years out of it. 14 seasons, 357 episodes, two reunion movies, and then a reboot with TNT. Right. What do you think? You guys up for a third reboot? Is it over? Who knows? Never say never. Never say never. Back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.